You're listening to... Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Nordic Corner. This is Nate Chenenko from finally somewhat snowy Rochester, New York. Uh, pleased to announce that I have been on snow the last two days. The local-ish ski mountain has a Nordic center at the top where they make snow and push it out. And so I have skied about 30k altogether over the last two days on a roughly 0.8 kilometer track. So getting a little dizzy out there um, up in the hills uh, in the Finger Lakes near in central New York or western New York, depending on how you want to define it. But man, it feels great to be back on snow. It also feels great to be the only contributor to the Slow Ride podcast this week. Imagine your dismay when you your podcast picker delivers you another hot, fresh episode of the Slow Ride podcast, only to find out that you will not be hearing about cycling at all. You will, in fact, only be hearing about Nordic skiing. So we have a lot to cover this week. And given that I have a lot of time and we have our first ever Nordic Corner mailbag with a lot of helpful and nice comments that people have written in, um, we will be taking more time than usual this week. So last week, because I was not paying attention, I promised you a overview of the FIS podium predictor or the podium picker, which is a dreadfully poor game, especially compared to roller derby presented by Luke and the wide angle podium, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then the, the following week, we would talk about the tour to ski. But um, because I'm an idiot, I did not realize that the tour to ski starts in six days and the next podcast will not be out before that. So we're going to somewhat reverse the order of this. And the first thing we do is talk about the or the first thing we will do is talk about the tour to ski. So uh, the tour to ski is to the best of my knowledge. And again, I'm like, not that long time of a fan, but also have no problem just delivering hot take after hot take based on minimal knowledge. I'm like at the exact wrong spot on the Dunning-Kruger curve here where I know very little and don't know how much I don't know. And I'm pretty happy with that. So we're going to cover the Tour de Ski. And I think this is cross-country skiing's answer to the Tour de France in cycling, thus the name Tour de Ski. Uh, Cross-country skiing has some odd and different problems than the Tour de France has, though. One, it hasn't been around for, at least the Tour de Ski hasn't been around for 100 years. So that doesn't really help anything. Two, the uh, FIS has rules for cross-country ski competitions. There's a maximum elevation that they're allowed to race at, and it's pretty low, especially by cycling terms. They're I think there's been some discussion about raising it because there's like no snow down at these lower elevations. It's like 1700 meters or something. I'm probably wrong on that, but somebody else can correct me. It's pretty low when you think about climbs like Tourmalet and Alpduez that go up to like crazy elevations and things like that. Um, so the Tour de Ski, I, I find to be like a little silly because A, it hasn't been around for a hundred years. B, they don't actually go over huge mountain passes. Um, See, they don't actually race every day. So this year, the first race is a sprint freestyle race in Toblock, Italy, which is on Saturday, December 30th. And that's, I mean, the sprints at Toblock are always awesome. And then on Sunday, the 31st, they do a 10K interval start. Interval starts are, I think we covered this in the past, but interval starts are kind of like a uh, time trial, but it's more exciting because you're allowed to draft. So if you catch your 30 second and they start every 30 seconds, not every minute, 
or more. Um, so if you catch the person ahead of you, you are allowed to draft. And then also they're usually run on multiple like laps on the same course. So you will see people who started pretty early and then they'll be caught by somebody who's on their first lap. The early starter will be on their second lap. So it's definitely more exciting to watch than a time trial. I promise you this. So that's on Sunday, December 31st. And then on Monday, there's a 25K pursuit freestyle. And like, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how they structure these things, but the pursuit is like you start based on the gaps that you've earned yourself from at least the interval start and probably also the sprint race. So if you won the sprint and you run the interval start, you you start and you get a you get a big gap before everybody else goes. Um and then that buys you a little extra time. So that's, you know, kind of kind of cool, I suppose. Not really my favorite format. Then they take Tuesday off. So again, this is three days of... So, okay, so like in cycling, of course, the Tour de France is like six hours a day. Now, there are some very different like physiological loads from cross-country skiing, which I believe is a lot harder. Um, but still, like six hours a day, thousands of meters a day, hundreds of kilometers a day, and they do it for six straight days or seven straight days and then they get one rest day you'll see like the sprint races are a few k it's a long day but it's a few k 10k interval start classic races you're out there for 25 minutes 25k pursuit race you're maybe out there for in freestyle especially you're probably out there for 40 minutes tops um it's not like the craziest load on the body and then they still need a day off so they take january 2nd off uh, and then they go to Davos in Switzerland for a sprint freestyle race again. And then they do on Thursday, they do a pursuit classic race and then they take another day off. And then on January 6th, they go to Val de Fiemme back in Italy for a 15 K mass start classic, which is pretty fun. And then on Sunday, January 7th, they do the most ridiculous event, which is the, uh, they call it the final climb. So it's a 10 K freestyle and this is like those ridiculous time trials that they do in cycling where they start you and it's pretty flat. And then suddenly like you're two thirds of the way through the stage. And then suddenly you have to like go up a mountain at the end of the time trial. That's what the final climb is. And so it's won by people that don't usually win. And I can't believe I actually did like research for this, but uh, I pulled up the results from previous years and it's just in, it's so on the men's side, which is first on my results list. Um, they the the men are finishing this 10k in like 31 minutes, which is about 10 minutes slower, five five six minutes slower than they usually do it. Um, and a while ago, they used to track the so back in 2019, they used to track the climb time different than the stage time. Um, so just as a point of reference, like in 2019, the winner was Shurota from obviously Norway. And he finished the stage in 30 minutes, 32 seconds. Um, but he did the climb in 16 minutes, 43 seconds. So it's about half the, it's less than half the distance, but it's about half the time is going up this climb. But it, it's kind of cool because it, it puts up some some people who will finish pretty well, like last year. So the 2023, again, because we're about to go through the turn of the year. Like the 2023 winner, Simon Kruger, he, he wins everything. 
Hans Christer Holland, also from Norway. He wins a lot of stuff. But then third place was Jules Lapierre from France, and he does not win a lot of stuff, but he's great. Um, and then on the women's side, it was even more surprising. It was won by Delphine Claudel, who's incredibly thin and thus super light. Second place was Heidi Wang, who's always been good, been good for a long time. And then third was Sophia Laukley, the American woman who is just really good at going uphill. That's like kind of her like specific strength <laughs> um, in this event. So the final climb is like silly. Um, we don't have to deal with that until January 7th. So we will have another episode in between now and that one. Um, but I think the tour de ski is like kind of goofy and you can pick your tour de ski winners on the ridiculous fist podium picker. Uh, and it would be cool if this had a nice website like rollerderby.com, but it does not. The website is predict.fis dash or hyphen, excuse me, ski.com slash podium picker. Uh, I think you can go to like the FIS website and find it pretty easily, but it's, it's, it's pretty silly <laughs> how they do this whole thing. Um, they, so you got to go to cross country because you could pick alpine skiing, free ski, snowboard, ski jumping, Nordic combined, or cross country. I only picked the cross country, but we are going to pick the toe block events of which there are three uh right now and so for the men's sprint free final and okay also the, the interface is so bad because you click this button this plus button and it just brings up a list unsorted of all the athletes and they're they're not ranked they're not it's not in alphabetical order it's not ranked by like fist points like the equivalent of uci points it's not sorted by the country that they're from. So it's not like all the Norwegians are together or something. And then you can only see about 10 athletes before you have to click a see more button. I'm like, I'm sorry, is this too much load on your servers? And so I know server time is probably really expensive in, in, in Switzerland where the FIS is headquartered, but like I got to click this silly button. Um, and, I, and I also think it's, I don't even think it's necessarily like people who are registered for the race. I just think it's like people who could be in the race because I'm seeing on here that we've got Adam Witkowski, who actually is a local kid to Rochester, New York, where I live. Um, and like, he's on the list, but he hasn't raced in any world cups this year. I mean, he's on, he's kind of on the U S ski team. So that means you got to type in the name. Well, we know who's going to win, which is Claybo. So I got to search for Claybo and then click the plus button on point, on position number one. And so every time you're off, so I got Claybo in position number one. So if he finishes first, I get a hundred points. Um, if he finishes second, I get 95 points. If he finishes third, so for every podium spot I'm off, I lose five points. And I just like, why is for, why is picking first place worth 20 more points than picking second place correctly? It, it doesn't even make any sense. And so then second place, like it's, it's, it's kind of entertaining to pick it, but like, I'm going to pick Diedrich Toneseth because his name is right here. And then I'm in third place. You can't pick Callie Halverson to go on the podium because either he's going to be on the podium. He's from Sweden. Either he's going to be on the podium or he's going to finish like dead last. There's really no in between. Um, but like, I'm going to pick Pellegrino, Federico Pellegrino, my, the Italian guy who's like my favorite sprinter. 
up here. And then there's a bonus question. What will be Johannes Husva Klaibo's best time? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't tell you how long the track is. It like you have in the final. I mean, it says sprint final free, but like, do you pick it in the final? Like, and then in order, this is, this is maybe, the, it's probably not even the stupidest part because I will definitely find a stupider part, but like, you gotta, you can't type in the numbers. Like I want to pick about three minutes and 15 seconds, but I can't type in three colon 15 colon zero. I have to click this little button in order to get anything here. And so let's just recall, picking the top step of the podium is worth 100 points. The bonus question, which is the time, is also worth 100 points. And it says minus one point for each 10 hundredth of a second difference. So why didn't it just say 10th of a second? Like, let's chalk that up to a language difference here. Um, but man, it is just like, it is a silly system on here. So that's how it works. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want to do this except for me because I'm far too into this, but uh, I have created a league. And so if you go to leagues here, you can join the Nordic Corner Fist Podium Picker League, which is somehow league number 3,832. So that's 3832. I think you can also just search for Nordic Corner on there, but you could type in league number 3832 and join this league. Right now I'm in first in the league because you're the first people that I'm telling about it. Um, and also I think that like maybe even I'm not into it enough to enter my picks every time. But if you want to win the Nordic Corner Podium Picker against me and at least probably one of the other people that I know, which is my own son, um, Johannes Jr., <laughs> he, we, we can do a little Nordic Corner Podium Picker. Here, so that's that's your overview of the tour de ski and the ridiculous fist podium picker here. We'll give you a recap of some of the tour de ski stages. I'll just throw it out there and say that I think that Jesse Diggins from the U.S. has a solid shot at winning the uh, tour de ski on the women's side. She's been crushing it lately. She's like definitely all around, probably the best here. I like the mix of freestyle to classic. So we've got a sprint free 10 K classic. She's pretty good at 25 K free. That's a great one for her sprint free uh, pursuit classic where the fist website doesn't tell you how long it is, which is great. That's the one in Davos. And then there's the 15 K mass start classic in Val de Fiemme. I think Diggins can usually be trusted on to do pretty well in a mass start classic race. And then the final climb, which Probably not her best thing, but again, I can't believe I did research for this, but she did finish second in the final climb in 2021, uh, which is a bit of a weird year because COVID, but she performed pretty well on that one. And so my pick to win on my pick to win the tour de ski overall is for the women, Jesse Diggins for the men. We, it's a little tougher here. And of course I used to be able to pick, like, I can't pick. The oh, there's Fist Tour de Ski overall. I already made this pick. I picked on Podium Picker. I picked Paul Goldberg from Norway, and obviously I picked three Norwegians to be on the podium. And oh, and this is this is even stupider. So because like whoever coded this piece of garbage for Fist um, has no idea what they're doing, the you get to do your 
your top pick. So if I get Paul Goldberg on the podium, I get exactly as for picking the overall winner of the Tour de Ski. This is picking like this is like picking you know the winner of the Tour de France overall. So like if I pick Pogacar for the win of the Tour de France, I get as many points as I do for picking him to win any individual stage. It's pretty silly as a start. But then it says, what is Paul Goldberg's best time? Whether how can I pick the best time? Is it from the sprint? Is it like is it just the shortest time? And so you it's minus that this one is minus one points for each 20 second difference. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And it's also they've got it categorized in the 50 kilometer bucket. So they're they're out of their minds with this thing. But you should join the league anyways because it'll be hilarious. We can have fun. Um, picking together. So let's switch over to the mailbag, the first ever Nordic corner mailbag. So uh, surprisingly, if you actually tell people who listen to a podcast, how to get in touch with you, it's really easy for them to send in feedback. I didn't actually expect anybody to send in feedback because uh, to be perfectly honest, I didn't realize this many people listen to the slow ride podcast, but we got some really nice feedback. We got some feedback from Brett Corbett says, as an Aussie cyclist living in tropical Queensland and only once visiting snow in New York City, I know absolutely nothing about the winter sports. Have really enjoyed listening to your Nordic Corner segments at the end of the Slow Ride podcast. Who knew there was so much to ski waxing? I'll have some great insights for the 2026 Winter Games. Uh, yes, you will have good insights to the 2026 Winter Games. And you will see me and my son, Johannes Jr., on the sidelines of the courses in Italy. We are going to the 2026 Winter Olympics specifically well i assume he'll still be into nordic skiing by then and i'm definitely going even if i have to go without him um so we'll be there and we will be touring around all the wax trucks and everything we're going to try to get a little press pass which seems pretty unlikely given that it's the olympics but you never know it doesn't hurt to try so brett we appreciate the feedback um i have never been to tropical queensland nor have i been to australia in general but aussie corner representing here on nordic corner so double corners in this lengthy Nordic corner episode. Uh, I also know fairly little about the winter sports, but I will cast my vote in favor of the winter Olympics uh, fully in favor of the winter Olympics, which I think are just better in every possible way than the summer Olympics specifically because they do not have the air rifle in the winter Olympics. So that's a rant for a separate time. The air rifle is just a total joke. Uh, next email is from Mark Severy says, I love it. I almost considered watching a World Cup that last week, but I'm not that invested yet. Keep them coming. This week's slow ride was a three out of 10 on a scale of interesting. Mark, I'm not sure you wanted me to read that, but I did it anyways. So it was nice to have something at the end. I do both skate ski and classic a little bit in the winter, but never even considered watching the sport. All of the little oddities and drama that you describe is exactly why I like following professional sport. Thanks for opening the doors. And then the best part of this question or this email is what is the ski equivalent of tis cycling? You say snowboard.live or whatever is very affordable, but I'm not ready to commit. That's a great question. So how do you watch this stuff without paying uh, for psych for to watch cross country skiing on the internet? Um, so before ski and snowboard live, which is only a few years old, I was watching it with a VPN through some Swedish website, um, which is pretty challenging. Um, the, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that by any means. Um, you can watch some highlights on ski and snowboard live. So it's not great. You like without logging in, you can't see a whole lot, 
on here, but you can watch some like athlete spotlights, but it's mostly Alpine stuff. Uh, so it's pretty typical, pretty difficult to do. So I think your best bet is to get a VPN and then fire over to the Swedish website. I'll, I'll put this up in the, um, or unless I can Google it really quickly. Um, there's a Swedish website that broadcasts everything live and it's not too bad for it, but I can't even find it right now. I'm not even sure it still exists. Um, the, you can watch, I can't believe I'm going to recommend this, but you can watch the biathlon for free and it's pretty easy and pretty fun to watch. So the IBU, the International Biathlon Union, which for some reason is a separate governing body than the rest of cross-country skiing, has a, like, you can you can watch the racing on there from the U.S. with no VPN or anything pretty easily. And the best way that I have found to do it is to go to fasterskier.com. And then if you search for biathlon on there, then they have a post that tells you how to get to, how to be able to watch the biathlon. Biathlon, just in case there's anybody that doesn't know this, biathlon, I don't know why it's not organized by fists. I'm sure there's some like gnarly history there that I should look into and would be good content for a future podcast. But the biathlon is like the better produced, slightly more exciting version of cross-country skiing that has a lot more fans than actual cross-country skiing. And it's pretty fun to watch, I have to say. Um, so there is there there are good ways to watch biathlon on the internet. And so fasterskier.com in the biathlon section has a post. I'll see if I can dig it up here <clears throat> of how to watch biathlon. And they the US is like mm, a little dreadful at biathlon, but the way that you watch it is to go to eurovisionsports.tv so they have a feed this is like directly affiliated with the ibu and they have replays of all of the um all the races but the titles are pretty weird so if you go to like mass start men's 15 km hl commentary that i think what that actually means is highlight commentary so it's not the full race um you need to click on the ones that say full race. So like instead of HL commentary, that's highlight commentary. You want to click on mass start men's 15 KM full race. Biathlon's hilarious. I think it's so funny because the coaches watch with these binoculars. They watch the shooting with these big binoculars. We'll do a separate episode about biathlon. Biathlon's great. It's pretty fun. I'm not like that into biathlon. I don't know all their names or anything. Um, next email is from Jordan Rayboy says, yo, buddy, I must say, as a native from South Florida, all the sports you discuss in Nordic Corner are quite foreign to me. We should link you up with the, uh, the Aussie Corner. Uh, that said, as a generally cycling-oriented audience, I bet the majority would find some degree of entertainment if you discussed fat bike racing on snow. I've never partaken in this niche of our sport our, myself, but I'm guessing it's popular far up north, perhaps places like Michigan or Maine. I don't know. Just a thought. Appreciate you keeping it real order over in Nordic corner. Jordan, AKA crash hopper. Uh, Jordan, thank you for the email. I know nothing about fat bike racing other than the fact that former UCI president Mark is it Mark Johnson. I forgot, uh, created fat bike national championships so he could win fat bike national championships. Um, at the risk of alienating at least one of the seven Nordic corner listeners, 
that I'm aware of existing. I, I hate fat bikes. I think the whole point of cross country skis is to avoid the need for fat biking. Um, and so I don't have any idea about fat bike racing. I would happily entertain somebody to come on as a guest to talk about fat bike racing if they knew anything about it. Um, we got a message from Beth Kelly. Hey, Slow Ride, your podcast is great. I look forward to it every week. My absolute favorite thing about your podcast is that you talk about women's cycling without making a big deal about it. It's just more, more sports coverage to you guys, and I love it. Um, so that's nice for the non-Nordic Corner piece. Okay, enough about you. Now for Nordic Corner. First, I love this shout out to Rochester, New York. Second, I wasn't planning on following skiing this winter, but I'm invested now. Have a wonderful break. Beth Kelly. Beth, thank you for the email. Uh, the shout out to Rochester, New York is because I live in Rochester, New York, so I don't really have a choice because evidently the style notes in the Slow Ride podcast media guide say that you have to say where you're from and that it's a city beautiful. Um, I am absolutely planning on following skiing this winter and I'm totally invested. So welcome, join in, join in our Fist Podium Picker League. Uh, we got a comment from Leif, our most prolific commenter, uh, marking my point. I scored points for properly pronouncing Johannes Husflop Kleibo. I'm still not sure if I actually do it right, but it's fun to say. We got an email from Daniel Cody. I've been loving your Nordic Corner on the Slow Ride podcast. I'm a longtime recreational Nordic skier and cyclocross racer, same, who very casual, casually follows pro Nordic ski racing. Every few years or so, I try to make a point to pay a little more attention to it, but I haven't seemed to gain much traction. I bought some roller skis this year since we don't seem to get snow anymore here in Western Mass. Nordic Corner has been an informative and enjoyable part of the slow ride. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to more updates. Uh, I am sorry that you have started roller skiing, Dan. I also started roller skiing when I started to get serious about marathon ski race training in 2020 and bought some roller skis like the second week of the pandemic before they all sold out all across the entire country. Um, I bought some Pursuit V2 roller skis, which are fine roller skis. I just hate roller skiing. I think it is miserable. I still, I have retired. I have effectively retired from roller skis. I've literally hung up the roller skis in my garage. Um, I think roller skiing is probably a very necessary part of training for skiing and it just doesn't have any of the aspects of skiing that I really like. So I just try to ride my bike a lot and then I run, which it, I hate running, but running is even slightly less unpleasant than roller skiing is. So good for you. I hope you get out on the roller skis quite a bit. I think you will be in incredible shape um, and really think that it's like, it's obviously excellent training. It's a great workout. If anybody wants to sweat more than you have ever sweated in your entire life, try roller skiing it's terrible you sweat so much you don't realize how much you sweat doing it until you do it until you ski like in the summer um i also don't have roller ski boots so i was just using my winter boots which are insulated for winter um even though and i run pretty hot so my goodness i was like bailing sweat out of these things with a cup after i was done so yeah let's let's do it i'm we're following pro nordic ski racing now on the slow ride podcast uh, last email we got from Booker Bentz, who came through today on Christmas Eve. Since the death of the Olympic Channel, it's hard to find coverage of XC racing. I'm enjoying Nordic Corner and looking forward to tour to ski coverage. Uh, Booker C. Bentz. So, Booker, that was your tour to ski coverage, uh, at least tour to ski preview. Jesse Diggins is going to win. 
Paul Goldberg is going to win. It's going to be awesome. I think it's, I think the final climb will be hilarious as usual. We will do stage by stage updates and release our once weekly podcast. Um, and, oh, you know, this is actually terribly funny. So I led this podcast off as we're wrapping up here. I led this podcast talking out about how I'd done 30K on like a 0.8 kilometer track. And I just got the email, like while I'm actively recording this episode, that I am no longer the local legend of the 0.8 kilometer ski track. I have been I have been subverted by somebody named Riley Hodgson, who I'm pretty sure I saw there today. Uh, but that's very disappointing. I will have to get back out there later this week and reclaim my laurel wreath that Strava gave me. So with that, uh, that's this week's episode of Nordic Corner. We'll be back next week with coverage of the beginning of the Tour de Ski. And then we will continue on with the Tour de Ski. Please join the Fist Podium Picker League number 3832 titled Nordic Corner if you want to unseat me as the only person who... Uh, is in the league and thus winning. Um, and you can reach out to me at shenenko at gmail.com. That's C-H-E-N-E-N-K-O, which hopefully will end up in the show notes this week. Thank you for the recommendation, Booker, for that comment. Um, and we will talk to you next week. So this is Nate Shenenko from the city beautiful Rochester, New York. Have a happy week uh, between Christmas and New Year's, everyone. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.